to a dose of reality with your host, Nefrita Anamako. Just get a dose of reality. Just get a dose of reality. Just get a dose of reality. Well, greetings. Greetings to all, or Rahubat, as we say in our language. Welcome back to another episode of A Dose of Reality. And today, today we're going to be looking at the origins of life here on this planet. Human life feels like a good place to start. And I actually have my brother Rakchu here with me today. Greetings, Rahubat. It's good to be here. Mm-hmm. And we've got a very interesting one for you all. We're going to go very in-depth. It's always interesting talking about the origins of life here on this planet because there are so many different stories and perspectives about it. But we're here to get to the root. So in thinking about a starting point for this conversation, religion came to mind, to be honest, because let's be real, we've all heard of religion, even if we're not religious. We've all heard about the Adam and Eve story, etc. So I'm going to throw a question out there to get us started. It's a question I've seen in different forms. Was there life before Adam and Eve? Mm. Let's start there. Yeah, well, I presume we're talking about the Adam and Eve of the Bible. Yes, we are indeed. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that our teacher, Baba Yanon, actually wrote a book about this called The Age of the Adamites Past. Mm -hmm. And one thing he was breaking down is that, you know, one thing that the Bible does so eloquently is list of genealogy throughout certain chapters and verses within the Bible. You'll find the genetic line, what right. ages these biblical characters lived up until, and what ages they were when they had their children. So if we take Genesis chapter five as an example, it states that Adam was 130 when he begat Seth. Seth was 105 when he begat Enos. Enos was 90 when he begat Kenan, and so on and so forth. So just by looking at the time period from Adam to Noah, you can calculate that it was about 1,656 years just by looking at the age they were when they had their children. Right. So these are the kind of common techniques that biblical scholars and just people that dedicate their lives to studying the Bible use. They use these kind of techniques to date certain events within the Bible and to date when certain characters were born or existed. So what biblical scholars have pretty much concluded in this day and time is that Adam and Eve were born about 4,000 years before Christ. Right, so. which that's roughly 6,000 years ago because we're 2,000 years after the birth of Christ or AD, which is actually Latin and means Anno Domini in mm. the year of the Lord. So I don't know why one's Latin and one's before Christ, but anyways. Um, exactly. So yeah we can agree about 6,000 years ago. Exactly. Um, so when you look at it, and going back to your original question, was there life before Adam and Eve? Which, you know, is just really another way of saying, was there life before 6,000 years ago? The thing is, is that there's an overwhelming amount of evidence which proves there was life, there was human life before 6,000 years ago. Well, you heard it, overwhelming evidence. So we have to take a look at some of that evidence and give you all some stuff you can go away and research. So I have a list here that we can discuss. Fossils. Mm. Fossils is the fossils. first one. It's quite a popular one. Yeah, we've all heard of fossils before. Mm -hmm, we have indeed. 
But what are fossils for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, uh, fossils are essentially the preservation of ancient organisms. So at times these are impressions left upon rocks and leaves, and other times they're the remnants of the organisms themselves. So scientists study teeth and trunks and bones and skull, and essentially attempt to get a better comprehension of ancient life, as it were, on this planet. And one thing they're looking to do when they examine these fossils is to date them, right? Put an age on them. Exactly, exactly. So when these scientists and paleontologists study these fossils, they use techniques in order to date these fossils and establish how old they are. So one common technique is known as radio dating, which essentially measures the amount of radioactive substance within an organism. So for example, if we take radiocarbon dating, that measures the amount of radioactive carbon to the amount of stable carbon within a fossil or an organism. So if we look at us as carbon-based beings, throughout our lifetime, we have stable carbon within our system. We have radioactive carbon within our system. Now, what happens is, you know, radioactive carbon is radioactive, so it emits in the form of radiation, which means the quantity is constantly reducing. However, during our lifetime, this gets replenished by the foods we eat and the air we breathe. Now, when an organism translates or is deceased, they're no longer breathing air or eating food. So what happens is the amount of radioactive carbon constantly reduces. And thus the scientists measure the quantity between or the ratio between the stable carbon and the radioactive carbon. And basically the bigger the ratio, the older the organism. Right. So it's the rate of decay, really. Exactly. It's the rate of decay. So within uh, science, you have what's known as a half-life, and that's the amount that it takes for a radioactive substance to drop to half its quantity or the time it takes. So carbon has a half-life of about 2,000 years. Um, you know, every 2,000 years, it drops to half the quantity that it was uh, 2,000 years prior. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, carbon is only good for measuring... Uh, fossils up to about 50,000 years old because after that the quantities are too small so as I said radiocarbon is just an example but there are different forms of radio dating which are a lot more effective and a lot more long term right so I suppose it's important to have a under and overstanding of things such as isotopes and, and so forth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the periodic table in the planet where the rock is blue And I heard the earth cry that she was subdued Her children's in chains by the beasts of the cave So now she's enraged and her wrath is due I can feel it too The world is in pain and the rain from the rain of the red and ruddy face Disasters that's plain as day are a sign of change From the strikes for the seventh time today I'm on this narrow path, forces tearing us apart Evil beings that surround try to penetrate my heart Cause they see that I aim to be Now we're going to take a look at some of these fossils that have been uncovered. So the first one I have here is the tongue child. The tongue child was uncovered in 1924 and was actually the skull of a child that was uncovered near Tongue in South Africa, hence the name, the tongue child. And that was stated to be about 2.5 million years old. Million. Million. So it really blows it out of the water when we're talking about 6,000 years ago versus this. It does indeed. So this next one was quite popular. The Bones of Lucy. The Bones of Lucy is popular indeed. 
Now, the bones of Lucy were uncovered in 1974 and was essentially the uncovering of a skeleton, or rather 40% of a skeleton, in Ethiopia and was dated to be about 3.2 million years old. There goes that million again. It does. The gap increases. The gap increases. And I do remember seeing the bones of Lucy on the news and Obama went to visit the bones as well. So quite popular. Indeed. The bones of Lucy were so popular, they nicknamed her Dinkenish, which means you are wonderful or you are beautiful. But actually what's truly significant about the bones of Lucy is that it proved humans were bipedal long ago. Mm, walking on two feet. Walking on two feet, indeed. Which starts to blow out the water, the whole modern evolution story we're taught, because we're all sort of put under one umbrella. Indeed. And I remember growing up being taught the Homo erectus to Homo sapien evolution story. So obviously Homo erectus meaning upright man and you know, that story of Homo erectus becoming the modern day Homo sapien. Mm. But what's truly significant about this is that there were species that were bipedal long before the Homo erectus species. Well, it starts to beg the question, you know, are we all the same, essentially? You know, which we're not, the answer is <laughs> yeah. we're, we're really not. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, you know, take a look at us as human beings, as, as a species. We're a very diverse set of people. So you have different races, different blood types, different features and attributes, different behaviours that try, attempting to classify us under one umbrella, it, it, you know, is just very difficult to do because we don't have the same genetic story. Mm -hmm. And there was actually an update recently released in which our master teacher um, stated that the different uncovering of different species actually pertain to different races. So, for example, the Cro-Magnon and the Neanderthal pertain more to the Caucasian or the European man, whereas the Homo Denisovan and the Homo floresiensis pertain more to the Asians, and the Homo naledi and the Homo habilis pertain more to the African. So, very interesting update, and I'd encourage you all to do their research on that. You know, all this talk of evolution kind of brings to mind another subject, you know, the evolution versus creation debate, which is kind of a funny one. It's kind of two, two sides of the same coin, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In a way. You know, our master teacher, Baba Yanon, writes a series of books called The Actual Facts. And at the beginning of every actual fact, there's an introduction that's called Nine Reasons to Be a Sabian and Not Them. And within that introduction, the master actually speaks upon the creation versus evolution debate. And what he actually states is that there's actually truth to both sides. So just imagine if these two sets of people came together, how much they would grow and how much they would learn. Mm, that's right. That's right. And speaking of the actual fact, scrolls or books, that sort of made me think of actual fact number 25 intelligent design, divine design, or plot of aliens. What well, it kind of breaks down, you know, it's, it's a bit of everything, but I know we're, we'll probably do an episode on that actual fact anyway. So I'll leave that for that. So back to these bones, the bones of Adi. The bones of Adi. The bones of Adi were uncovered in 1992. And again, it's the uncovering of a female in Ethiopia. And they were dated to be about 4.4 million years old. 
4.4 million. I hope you all are listening to these numbers because it's really no comparison, you know, when we were talking about the story of Adam and Eve within the Bible earlier. I mean, this just paints a whole new picture. So I do hope you all research this. And RD is short for something, isn't it? It is indeed RD Pithecus. So essentially all these um, fossils that scientists uncover, they like to classify with different names. So the bones of RD are classified as RD Pithecus, whereas the bones of Lucy is classified as Australopithecus. And within there, you hear the Greek word Pithecus, which <laughs> means ape, mm-hmm. which is an attribution essentially to the great ape family, one of those closely related species of which human beings are a part of. So very interesting. Interesting stuff indeed. And I don't know if you had any more. This sort of bring to mind a article I saw kind of recently as well, talking about footprints discovered in Mexico that just kind of showed people were, were in America long before they fought. So all that stuff is pretty much coming out. But I don't know if you had a few more names of fossils you could throw out there for people to research. I do indeed. So we have R.D. Pithecus cadaver that was uncovered in 1997 in, guess where? Ethiopia. Ethiopia. (laughs) Very popular, very popular for uncovering fossils. And these bones were dated to be about 5.2 to 5.8 million years old, which itself is just a tremendous gap, isn't it? Yeah, it just keeps increasing. We also have Aurorin Tugonesis, also known as the Millennium Man, which was uncovered in 2000, hence the name, the Millennium Man. And that was dated to be about 6.1 million years old. And also we have Sahilanthropus Chadensis, nicknamed Old Man of Chad, which was uncovered in 2002. And that was dated to be 7 million years old. Did you say seven million years? I did indeed. So, I mean, I encourage you all to go away and do some research on everything that was listed. And if after that you still believe there was no life before Adam and Eve, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Maybe it's, it's not for you. So, I mean, we've covered a lot about life and where bones are being traced back. Now we've got to get to, we really got to look at where did life begin? Mm-hmm. It's the next question. So where did life begin? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting subject because that question is actually a lot more broad and deeper than most people would think. Because when we say, where did life begin? Well, we've always been fed this concept of there has to be a beginning and there has to be an end. So, you know, religious books, say in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. But also I remember growing up in a scientific community, we fed this concept of the big bang and how really there was nothing before that. So because of the way our minds are programmed, we always think, well, there has to be a beginning and there has to be an end. Mm. But in actuality, when you really study science, and this might sound a bit strange to some, there was no beginning and there was no ending. 
And that's what actually Baba puts in our actual facts, doesn't he? Without beginning, without end. Exactly. And if you look at the first law of thermodynamics, it says that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, mm-hmm. only transformed. So you, when you look at us as beings, we are energy, aren't we? We are that indeed. Exactly. So what that means to say is prior to the form that, that we exist in now, we existed in another form before that. So in essence, there was no beginning. Now, when we're talking specifically about physical life starting on this planet, well, we only have to look at the evidence and we've seen that it's been scientifically proven that life did begin in Africa. And and this is something everyone can research. This is something that common scientists, Western scientists today agree, all agree on, is that life started in Africa. Yes, pretty well acknowledged now. You see it talked about in multiple different TV shows. And to be honest, there's multiple pieces of evidence that can prove that life started within Africa. I'm into looking at language and studying linguistics. And one of the ways that this has been confirmed is actually through language. I remember when we was getting ready to teach a class a few years ago, I was doing some research and I came across an article where they talked about how all languages in the world were traced back to a mother tongue within Africa. And one of the ways they looked into this was through looking at phonemes. Phonemes are different, distinct sounds within language. So p, d, t within English. And what it is with African languages is they have the most phonemes. So I think certain languages within Africa have up to a hundred phonemes which I think in English, we have maybe about 45. So you get to see as we migrate away from Africa, the sounds get less and less mm. because within Africa, because they we were there first, had more time to develop the language. So there's more sounds. And Baba's been breaking this down for a long time. He was the one who actually inspired me to look into linguistics and study about language. And he teaches about ancient languages coming from Africa. He has us speaking the ancient language within Africa. And if you look into books like The Language of Time by Baba Yanun or Parbalag, which translates to The Message, he breaks down how language started within Africa. Mm. He gives he gives a very good breakdown within those. So I encourage, seek out those books and... I think we've covered, yeah, language, just, oh, I should tell you all the article name. So one of the articles, if you want to go and research the article I was talking about earlier, it's called World's Languages Traced Back to Single African Mother Tongue. So Google that. It talks about scientists say they've traced the world's 6,000 modern languages from English to Mandarin back to a single mother tongue, an ancestral an ancestral language spoken in Africa 50,000 to 70,000 years ago. So check out that article and cross-reference it with the language of time and Parvalag. What's interesting to note as well is that our master teacher, Baba Yanun, is a master linguist, isn't Mm -hmm. he? Yeah, he speaks over 19 different languages. He does indeed. He does indeed. So one of the other pieces of evidence we can look at is mitochondrial DNA. 
which we speak about mitochondrial DNA in our previous episode, episode two. It's all in the genes. So I encourage you all to check out that episode if you want to know more about mitochondrial DNA itself. But basically, a experiment was conducted by scientists where they took the placentas of 147 women who had been pregnant and they extracted DNA out of these placentas. And they were able to look at the mitochondrial DNA and trace it back to one common ancestor whom they've coined mitochondrial Eve. So she was located somewhere in Africa, I think Southern Africa, I'm not sure it's been quite pinpointed. And she was a woman of whom all modern races share ancestry with. But not to get confused, because I know when we hear the term mitochondrial Eve, that can be a bit confusing. She wasn't the first woman on the planet. She was just a woman of whom there was common ancestry and it was traced via the mitochondrial DNA. And if you know a bit about mitochondrial DNA, it's a lineage that continues through female, through mother to daughter, because the father does not pass it on. So we all have it. Don't, don't get that confused. But if you have a daughter, it's passed on. Basically, you would trace that genetic line through the female, through the woman. And so that's a good one to research. She was believed to have lived between 100,000 to 200,000 years ago. So yes, mitochondrial Eve, a common ancestor. So that's one of the ways in which we can prove life began in Africa. Another thing we can look at, which is funny this one, because as we were gearing up to record this episode this week, and we knew we was going to talk about this subject, all of a sudden, I see it circulating all over social media, all over Facebook, and that is the San people, the San tribe of Southern Africa, which play an important role in all of this, to be honest, because they are said to be the oldest tribe on the planet. Mm. So I wanted to get you to talk a bit about the San tribe. Indeed. Now, our master teacher has written many, many books on race and the science behind race. But two books that stand out in particular are a parterac called Racial Deception. And there's an actual fact called The Supreme Beings, The Melaninite Race. Mm -hmm. Now, what he explains within these books is that each race within the human family has unique traits that identify each of them. So if you look at the Negroid race, for instance, even though we're predominantly melanin rich, so we have melanin within our skin, hair and eyes, what actually uniquely identifies us is our woolly hair because no other race has hair like we do. When you look at the Aborigines, what uniquely identifies them is a creased brow. Mm -hmm. So you see the marks or, or the creases within their forehead. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Dravidian, what uniquely identifies them is the dimple on the chin. Right. When you look at the Orientals, what uniquely identifies them is the epicanthic folds at the eyes. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Caucasians, what tends to uniquely identify them is the different eye colors, which obviously has become more of a blurry line or a grayish area these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but what tends to, tends to identify them is the different eye colors. Now, um, it's been more or less, it has been scientifically proved and it's no secret these days that, um, the Negroid race 
is the oldest race on the planet. Um, due to, and that can be proven due to the diversity in our DNA. But um, what our master teacher speaks of is one tribe in particular called the Sand Tribe, as you rightly, correctly said, um, inhabit Southern Africa. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the Sand Tribe, they actually possess all of the unique features of all the different races. So they have the woolly hair of the Negroid race as Negroid beings. They have the crease brow, they have the dimple at the chin, they have the epicanthic folds. The only unique trait they don't possess per se is the different eye colors. And um, the master explained that actually because the different eye colors are a recessive trait. And as you know, dominant genes are always expressed first. So, right. Um, so, which is to say darker eyes have more melanin. So that's right. That's a melanin recessive trait, the, the variant in eye color. That's right. Right. That's right. So, you know, if, if one parent was to pass on a gene for blue eyes and the other parent was to pass on a gene for brown eyes, the baby would have brown eyes. Right. Because it's the dominant gene. Right. So that in itself, coming back to the sun people, is what proves that the sand tribe are the oldest tribe on the planet because they possess all the different unique traits. They possess the genetic diversity that every single race on this planet, every single race of the human family has today. Yeah. And you can even Google them and go look at a picture of them and you 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 will see the different genetic traits. You can indeed. So them carrying these genetic traits proves they are the ancestors of all other races on this planet. And I even came across a question online on the internet. Someone was noticing the sand people have the epicanthic folds and they were like, did they descend from Orientals? And it's not to get twisted, it's the other way around. It is indeed. <laughs> they are they are older tribe, the oldest tribe on this planet, and we know life originated within Africa. So and there's a lot of misinformation out there on the internet. So you can find some useful things too, but a lot of confusion too. So that's what we're here for, to bring the facts and clear it up as student teachers of the master teacher. So with all that being said, is there anything you want to leave people with as we close this episode? Yeah, I'd just like to encourage everybody to do their diligent research. Mm-hmm. Don't believe us, check it out. <laughs> yeah. The master teacher, Baba, always used to say when he's teaching throughout the years, don't believe me, check it out. Exactly. So I'd just like to encourage people to do their research on the Sand Tribe, do their research on all the fossils that have been mentioned today. And, you know, most importantly, there does come a period in time where we as a people have to learn to let go of our commonly held beliefs because the evidence is just incontrovertible. So I'd like to leave people with that. Mm -hmm. So we spoke about where life began on this planet. I know we got to get you on again to talk about how life began on this planet and existence in general. Indeed. Our master teacher has written a very serious book on that topic. So Mm -hmm. very much looking forward to that. Yep, it's going to be good. So I'd like to thank you all for listening once again. And I'd like to thank my special guest for today, my brother, right too. And also our next episode is going to be about reincarnation. So that'll be a good one. So stay tuned for that. But for now, 
Farewell. Wadu. Wadu. What will it take to be straightened out? We are who we are, man. It's locked in the genes. Remember, remember, it's locked in your dreams. Don't stop when it seems like all is lost and the themes like dim and depressing. The beams like beam lights out. Man, I know what we see. They cast a spell on the free. around your eyes and the wind so i know you found your lies choose one with which to bound your life take a moment and freeze <laughs> yeah before you lose more time it's a world that's made you lose your mind you can choose to fall or choose to climb never really got solved but who's gonna mine for the jewels of your soul